This morning again, let me invite your attention to Matthew chapter 1. Emmanuel, God with us, stressful times. How many times already this year have you heard it's the most wonderful time of the year? How many times have you heard it's the happiest season of all? I would be safe to say probably today that for many people we would say it's the most stressful time of the year for many of us. Stress seems to affect everybody, but also it affects people worldwide as well. As you think about stress, how do you define stress? What does stress look like in your life? Here's a good definition, a working definition of stress. It's an external weight that applies internal pressure. And so sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with anything that we're doing. It's just an external weight. There's a circumstance. There's a situation that comes against us. It applies internal pressure leading to stress. Stress can be good in some ways, but most of the time, stress can be very deadly and oftentimes in the lives of people. Cardiologists will say one of the leading causes of heart attacks is stress-induced. Uh, you're going to see stress cause many issues in the lives of people physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and even relationally. Here's something that we also understand. This is why it's so, so serious, that stress is the leading injury death or suicide is the leading injury death in America, oftentimes stress-induced. I want to take just a moment here in this season that we're in, the most wonderful time of the year, the happiest season of all. And if you find yourself battling stress, that's very negative for you. You find yourself with depression, feeling like, can I live? Can I go on another day? If you are contemplating suicide, taking your life, let me give you a challenge. Let me encourage you, if that's your life, run to Jesus in your life. Uh, let me encourage you as well, contact the police officer. Contact us here in the church. We are for you and we want to help you. Call the suicide prevention hotline. Dial the numbers 988. Make sure, though, because you are fearfully and wonderfully made, make sure if you're contemplating ending your life, you seek the Lord, but you also seek the help of someone else. As you and I think about stress, uh, many people say, and even experts say, there are a number of things, again, these external weights that apply internal pressure. Seven leading causes of stress in life are these. You may want to write these down. The, the top four will pretty much get most of us here. First one is job-related. You find a lot of stress on your job. You even dread Monday mornings. You mean, I'm going to have to go into the workplace and deal with all that again. Stress is oftentimes related to the job, to an employment situation. Uh, another one is oftentimes around money. Are we going to be able to pay the bills? How are we going to get all the Christmas gifts? How are we going to take care of those needs? Money is a major stressor in life. Health is another one. Just not feeling well. Just not able to do what I used to do. Don't have the energy or the stamina to do that. So leads to stress. Relationships is another one. We just have tension in relationships. Family members, the workplace, oftentimes at church, just leads to stress in life. Then there are some others we look at it. One is diet. It comes in the form of what do we eat and not eat. And then, then it comes with media. Oftentimes an overload of media leads to stress. And then the seventh one is sleep. We just don't get enough sleep. We're not getting enough resting sleep in life. And so those things just lead to stress. I did something the other day online. You could go on and take this stress test online ask you probably about 30 questions. I won't go through all of those, but it just said this in the past week, have you felt, and then it gave you these things. Have you felt the odds were against you? And you answer that yes or no. 
Another question, have you had a lot on your mind, yes or no, in the past week? Another one, do you feel like your life is out of control, yes or no? And then had you had to make any quick decisions over the past week, yes or no? And then there was another, do you feel like you're carrying a heavy load in life, yes or no? But when I took that after I finished it, I was stressed out after I took that thing. And mercy, all those things. I could go and do many others with you as well, but if I didn't have stress going into it, I sure had stress coming out of it, that's for sure. Stress, how do you deal with it? Stressful times. Here's my prayer today as we come to God's Word and look at the text. I don't want us just to focus on a Hallmark card. I want us to focus on the truth of God's Word. Because as we look at the Christmas story, here's what you're going to realize, especially in the life of Joseph and Mary. There there were some external weights that were going to apply some internal pressures. How was he going to respond to those? He had options we're going to see. But can you imagine the stress that must have been on Joseph's life? What am I going to do with the news that I've just heard about Mary? Who is the father? How am I going to relate with her? How am I going to relate with other people? External weights that lead to internal pressures. And so I want to walk through that this morning as we look at God's Word. But I want to give you some insight first, though, on your outline. Just give you some words about the life of Joseph. Number one, what do you and I know about Joseph? It's wise to know who these characters are in the Word of God and how they relate to our lives as well. Look at the first one. Here's what we know. He was a man of few words. Now, the Scripture doesn't say him really saying anything. The wise men had some words. The shepherds had words. Mary had words. The Bible doesn't really record Joseph saying anything. But we know, even though he was a man of few words, he lived a prominent, effective life. And so you don't have to say a lot in life to make a difference. Sometimes it's more blessed to just listen than it is to speak. It's wise to do that. But Joseph was a man of few words. Number two, he valued valued character and integrity. We live in a day where character and integrity are oftentimes not valued very much. You look to see that in politics or in business or sports, oftentimes even in church life. But the life of Joseph, walking before God in righteousness, he valued character and integrity before God, but also before other people. It's essential in the context of ministry. When we're interviewing people to say about coming on staff or various staff positions, one of the things we're looking for, tell me your conversion story. How did you come to Christ? Talk to me about when God called you in the ministry. How do you sense God's call to this particular assignment? But also I want to know something about your character in your life. How do you handle these situations? Because if you don't have character, it's going to be difficult to serve in ministry. It's going to be really almost impossible to serve on this ministry team because character matters to God, but it also matters to us in ministry. Uh, We need men and women who are serving Christ with character in life. Number three, he lived above his circumstances. Uh, He didn't live below his circumstances. One of the reasons many people are stressed out is they live below their circumstances. He He didn't do that. Job in the Old Testament lived above his circumstances, even though his world came crumbling in. What was his first response? It was obedience. It was to worship God and to see his life through the lens of adoring God in his life. He lived above his circumstances. You and I can do the same thing in life. No matter how stressful life is, the external weights that are applying the internal pressures, you and I can live above our circumstances, not below our circumstances. Number four, he thought of others before himself. Look, such a critical need in our day. He thought of Mary before himself. 
He wasn't going to put his needs first. He was going to put her needs first. He was going to put the Lord first in his life. We need to think of others before we even think of ourselves. We live, and you would probably agree with this, we live in a very self-centered culture in which we live. Many people are only thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about other people, but as believers, those who are born again, redeemed in Christ, you and I need to think of the Lord first, but also think of other people first in life. Put the needs of others before your own. Number five, he modeled radical obedience. He did did some stuff. You think only the Lord could equip him to do that. Last week we talked about Mary. She lived a life of radical obedience as well. Lord, I'm your servant. Let it be to me as you have said. She was radically obeying the leadership of the Lord in her life. When we were in South Asia, we saw individuals who were radically obedient to Christ. I'm sure the team that just got back from the Middle East could share story after story, name after name, impression after impression, to say here are individuals who are living radically obedient to Jesus Christ in life. Here's what our culture needs to see. Here's what our city needs to see. Our church needs to see. Here's what your family needs to see. They need to see you and me living radical in obedience to Christ in life. Not not casual, not nominal, if it's convenient or not convenient. No, radically obedient to him. That's the life of Joseph we see in the Bible. That's why he could handle these external weights. That's why he could live a stress-free life because he was obedient and he lived above his circumstances and he thought of others, but he honored Christ in everything that he did in his life. So I want to walk through this story here. Number one, understand what causes stress. What, what causes stress? Again, many people say it's the most wonderful time of the year. Many people say it's the happiest season of all. But, but if you're looking at your life and you're battling stress and they're just, your meter is high because there's just so much stress in your life, there's all these external weights on you, what causes stress? Let's, let's walk through that. Again, number one, relational dreams. When you look at this story and you see the story of Mary and Joseph, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child. Understand this relational dreams. Can you imagine Mary and Joseph? I would imagine they were living their lives. We'll talk more about their relationship in just a moment. And they had dreams that they were going to get married. They would spend their lives together and it would be happily ever after. And then all of a sudden one day the Holy Spirit speaks into Mary's life and says, you're going to be the mother of the Son of God and Savior of the world. You're going to, become, you're going to be pregnant. It's going to be from the Holy Spirit. Change her life. You think about these relational dreams. We're going to join our lives together. We're going to live a simple lives, but we're also going to live happily ever after. That is getting ready to change. And so when you look at the relationship in those days, the relationship was generally arranged by the parents and so when you look at those relationships in those days, they generally had multiple stages. There was an engagement stage where, where the, again, the parents agreed that these two individuals would come together. There was an agreement stage where Mary and Joseph would say, we agree that we're going to become man and woman, husband and wife. And then there was the marriage stage, as we would understand marriage in our day. Generally, after a year or so, they would become legally married. But it says in this passage, they were betrothed to one another, so they were in a serious relationship, and they're honoring God, but also one another. Now, as you think about this idea of selecting your mate in life, parents doing that, would your parents have chosen the person you're spending your life with? Don't answer that out loud, by the way, either. 
But you see, that was the culture back in that day. And they had these relational dreams in life. We're going to get married. We're going to enjoy life together. We're going to live happily ever after. We're going to honor the Lord in life. And then all of a sudden, that's getting ready to change. Now, let me ask you, as you look at your life as a kid, as a student, as an adult, what are your dreams that you have in life? What are those? Maybe it's to join your life with someone and get married and live a happy life together. Uh, maybe it's to climb the career track somewhere in your life. You, you've got this career goal in mind and you want to see that accomplished. What, what are your dreams? Maybe it's getting into a university or to a college. That's the dream of your life. Uh, maybe it's to get your golf score where it needs to be. You want to break 80 this next year in life. Maybe that's your dream. Or even spiritually, what is your dream in relationship? How do you want the Lord to work in your life in 2023 so that your walk with him reaches another level and then another level? What are your dreams in life? I believe Mary and Joseph had relational dreams. Look at number two, there was external weights. All of a sudden you think about the dream, we're, we're going to join our lives together. Uh, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Th- there's an external weight that's going to apply internal pressure to Mary and Joseph. But because what are we going to do? Now we don't know exactly how Joseph heard the news. We know he got the news that somewhere he heard the news, Mary is expecting a baby. And if you are a man... What is your first question you're going to ask? Who is the father? Joseph knew that him and Mary had honored the Lord, lived a godly life, had their relationship, had practiced purity in their relationship with one another. He knew that he wasn't the the biological father. Who is the father if Mary is pregnant? Can you imagine what's going on in Joseph's mind to say, Mary, I'm so happy for you that you're going to have a baby. Hey, let's get together. Let's have a baby shower because that needs to happen somewhere in in your relationship. Or would Joseph say, what in the world is going on? I mean, what is happening in life? What is going on with Mary? What's going on with me? Who is this baby? What are we going to do in life? Can you imagine the eternal weights that were on Mary and Joseph, knowing again that the Holy Spirit had come upon Mary and she was going to give birth to the Son of God and Savior of the world? Let me ask you, what external weights are on your life today? Maybe you go back and look and you say, it's absolutely a job. I am so stressed out at work. I'm so stressed out about trying to change jobs. I'm so stressed out about employment issues. It is weighing me down. That's an external weight that's applying internal pressure leading to a stress-filled life. Uh, Maybe there's a money issue. I mean, there's just more month than there is money, and you're trying to see how are we going to get Christmas gifts for this person, this person, this person. How are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to do that? We, we met with someone the other day at a Cracker Barrel here in town, and we got to pray with this lady and even share the gospel with her, and she gave her life to Christ standing at the table at Cracker Barrel on Wednesday. But the big need in her life was a financial need. It was an external weight that was applying internal pressure, and she was stressed out about her need. Maybe that's your story. Uh, maybe you look at a health issue. You, you just know you're not feeling well. You need to go to the doctor. Can you get in? Will the doctor see you? What is the doctor going to say? It's all these external things, internal pressures, and you're battling stress after stress over those issues. Could be just relationships. I mean, you're already thinking about Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Who's going to show up at the house? How strange that's going to be. How tense that's going to be. This person's going to come and they never like anything. How am I going to deal with that person? It's an external weight with internal pressures leading you already about two weeks out, battling stress over what's going to happen Christmas Eve or 
Christmas Day. How do you handle that in your life? I just encourage you, understand what causes stress. Here, Joseph and Mary, living a godly life, purity in their relationship. She's expecting a baby. Joseph probably asking questions, somewhat of a broken man, but God uses brokenness in our lives for his glory. Look at number two, discover what cures stress. As you look at the story, I think about, again, the life of Mary and Joseph, and I think about scenarios. How do you respond to these situations in your life? For example, you go into your workplace maybe tomorrow, and your supervisor says, hey, at 10, let me have a conversation with you. And So you go into your uh, supervisor's office at 10 a.m., and you walk in, and, and your supervisor says, hey, by the way, on Friday, uh, when you clock out on Friday, that's going to be the last day you're going to work here. Uh, we're going to make some changes. You're, you're not going to be able to work here anymore. Just imagine the stress. What do you do when you hear that? I, I never forget that Friday evening, Ainge and I in Louisville, Kentucky, sitting in this little room, and, and the hospital chaplain came in, sat down. I knew what he was going to say. He said, I, I, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but your dad didn't survive. He was killed in the accident. How, how do you respond to that? What do you do? Uh, maybe you go in to see a doctor, and a doctor comes back in, makes another appointment. You're sitting in the exam room. The doctor comes in. And you know something is going to be shared. And all of a sudden the doctor says, I hate to be the one to use this word. And you know what the word is coming. It's the word cancer. What do you do when you hear that? How do you respond to a good and loving God when you're facing these external weights that's applying internal pressure? And how are you going to deal with the stress that's coming in your life? Here's the way some people deal with that. I've given you these. Number one, trust God. There are many people when stress comes in life, they trust God to say, God, I don't understand this. It's, it, it is a lot to take in life. It is overwhelming in life. But God, you're faithful. You're consistent. You're trustworthy. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my weight upon you. I rely upon your strength. I rest in your faithfulness. God, oh, come all you faithful. I'm coming to you with faithfulness. God, I trust you with all that's going on in my life. I pray that's your response in the midst of stress. You trust the Lord to know that he is good, he is loving, he is faithful. He's never going to abandon you. He's never going to walk out of your life. He's with you every moment of your life. You trust him no matter what external weights are pressuring you even this very day. Trust the Lord. Number two, question God. Many people do that. They come to a place where they just question God in life. God, if you love me, if you're on my side, why have you allowed this? Why are you allowing this to affect me this way in life? You bring questions before God. He can handle our honesty, but many people question his goodness, his faithfulness, and his trustworthiness. Number three, blame God. Many people do that. They look at him and say, God, if you are good and loving and you are kind and you're compassionate and you, you care about my life, God, why are you allowing my life to be such a mess? God, why don't you come through for me? Why don't you open the door? Why don't you change our circumstances? God, what are you doing? We blame you for the situation that we're in. Many people do that in life. Number four, play God. I see this happening all the time in life. Now, someone has this external weight. They're finding themselves in a stressful situation. They continue to pray and ask God to come through and deliver them, but all of a sudden God is silent or is in a waiting period in life, and they say, well, evidently God's not going to do anything, so if God's not going to do anything, then I need to take it on myself, and so I'm going to try to open that door or fix this situation on my own. Rather than trusting and waiting upon God, you play God to take matters in your own hands. And here's what I've seen over the years in ministry. 
people who play God, here's what happens. You'll get ahead of God's leadership and you'll find yourself in a, in a very, very difficult place with more issues than you could ever imagine. I just encourage you, don't question God. Don't blame him. Don't try to play God. Trust him. Rest upon him. Wait upon him. Rely upon him. He is good and faithful and consistent. Wait upon the goodness of God in your life. Let him handle the external weight in your life so you can live a stress-free life. Trust him. Let me give you these two things essential. Number one, faith matters. When you look at this story again, can you imagine uh, Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child. Her husband, Joseph, being a just man and willing to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. He was a righteous man. He was a faithful man. He was coming with faithfulness before the Lord. Faith matters. Here's why I would say that. When you look at your life and the stress that's raging in your life, I encourage you to realize faith matters in every area of your life. In your marriage, faith matters. In your family, faith matters. In your workplace, faith matters. In your school, faith matters. In your relationships with other people, faith matters. And when you come to the Christmas season, as demanding and stressful as it can be, your faith in God matters. Our faith in Christ should influence every area of life. Not just pick and choose this one or this. No, every area of life should be influenced by the faith we have in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord in life. Faith matters. And for Joseph, again, what, he was this just man. He was a faithful man. His faith in God was going to make a difference in this relationship and situation. Number two, options abound. When, when you look at this, he made this statement. And being a just man and willing to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Joseph had options. I really think in many ways, I could probably identify three fairly quickly. One option was to say, I'm going to expose Mary publicly before other people. It will humiliate her, could even cost her her life, because she has the appearance of living an immoral life, which very well could have meant her death in life. Joseph could have done that. Or he could have had the option, he said here in this text, he said he had a desire that he was going to divorce her quietly. It was going to be a private decision, but options abounded to him. And then finally he came with a third option. You do what the Lord leads you to do. That's the wise option. Not public, not merely private. Know what the Lord says in your life. That's what you need to do. And Joseph did that. He did what the Lord wanted him to do. Now, when you look at stress and coming into life, again, you, you, can, you can play God if you want to. You can question God. You can blame God. But the wise thing to do is to trust God in your life. As I've shared the story with you some time ago, the, the most difficult day I've really ever had in ministry happened on a Saturday morning. I was at the house at 6 a.m., standing on the doorstep of this mom and dad. I was just moments away from giving them news that their son had been killed overseas in battle. And it was a horrific morning. I mean, you think about stress and just, just all the emotions that go with that. It was unbelievable that Saturday morning. But then here's how amazing the grace of God is. We saw that mom and dad and even their family come to faith in Christ and trust him in life. And then we're able to walk with them and then see them uh, obey the, the Lord Jesus in baptism, join the fellowship of the church, and then start serving in the area of ministry in church life. But I remember that Sunday morning when Glenn and Cassie were getting ready to be baptized. I was standing uh, kind of at the bottom of the steps before we walked up to the baptistry and was going to baptize them in obedience to Christ in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
And I looked at Glenn and Cassie, eye to eye, just standing there. It was one of those holy ground moments. And I said to them as a mom and dad, I know just a few weeks ago you got the most devastating news you could ever get in your life. And I said to them, here in just a few moments, you're going to walk down into the water with me and you're going to be obedient to Christ in believer's baptism because you are testifying that Jesus, the Son of God and Savior of the world, has changed, radically changed your lives. And I looked at them and I said to Glenn and Cassie, before we walk down in the water, I just want to say thanks to God that when your life was literally turned upside down, you ran to God and you didn't run from him. Made all the difference in the world. I just want to encourage you. Child in this room watching. Student in this room watching. Adults of all ages in this room. When stress is weighing you down, I encourage you, run to the Lord. Don't run from him. Run to him. Let him embrace you. He loves you and cares for you. These are stressful times, but you can find the peace of Christ as you run to him and not run from him. Run to Jesus. That's what Glenn and Cassie did. Changed their lives, changed their families, changed their circumstances. They lived above their circumstances because they, the way they responded to Christ. Number three, share what conquers stress. To the matter is in the story... One of the things I respect about Joseph as well is not only, he, he didn't say a lot, but he had a heart, he had an ear to listen to what the Lord was going to say in his life. The book of James is right in James chapter 1. You know, be quick to, quick to listen and slow to speak. It's very wise for us in the Christian life. I'd encourage you to practice that as I want to do that as well. But what, when you listen to God, what are you looking for? Look at number one, God's promises. In this context, here Joseph is, what am I going to do? Maybe I'm going to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, God's going to speak into his life. God's going to give promises. In this book, the Bible, there are thousands upon thousands of promises from God to you and me in this book. God's going to be faithful to every single promise he makes. There are conditional promises. There are unconditional promises. In this context, Joseph, you do what the Lord is leading you to do. You obey the promises of God. God's word is inerrant, infallible. It is authoritative. It is true. Believe every promise in this book that God has a personal word for you in your life. And God's speaking into Joseph's life. Number two, God's will. Many times we look at life and say, well, what is God saying? But what does God want me to do? And here's what the Spirit is going to lead. The angel is going to say, says, he considered, an angel of the Lord said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, she is telling you the truth. She's not misleading you. She's not deceiving you. She's not lying to you. She is telling you the truth. The Holy Spirit is at work in her life. She is going to give birth to the Son of God and Savior of the world. And then here's even very specific. Here's what happens. In this text, she will give birth. You conceive, give Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You should call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. The gender, she's going to give birth to a son. No question. It's not going to be a daughter. It's going to be a son, son of God, savior of the world. Name, you're to give him the name Jesus. Do you realize the most popular name last year for a boy in Tennessee was the name of William? Uh, Ronnie didn't make the list. I looked at it. It didn't, it didn't even get on the list anywhere. 
The most popular name for a boy in, in the nation was Liam. Ronnie didn't make the list. Nowhere to be found. But, but in this context, Mary and Joseph, uh, you're going to have a son. Here's the gender. Here's the name. You're going to give him the name Jesus. Here's his purpose. He will save his people from their sins. He is going to be one who will rescue you in your life. I'm grateful that we have a Savior, born of a virgin. We have a Savior who saves us and rescues us. We need to be rescued. Life is a mess. We've sinned against God. We've disobeyed him. But he lived a perfect, sinless life, died on an old rugged cross, buried in a tomb, gloriously raised on the third day. We have a Savior who rescues you and me. He saves us today. And so I just want to encourage you. You're in this room or you're watching. You need to be rescued or you need to be saved. The good news is Jesus Christ will save you or rescue you if you will call on his name. He will change, transform your life. And I just appeal to you today in the name of Christ. If you're lost, you don't know where you'll spend eternity at. You, you want to know that though. If you will give your life to Christ, turn from your sin, trust him as your savior. You can log off or you can walk out of this room a child of God forgiven in Jesus Christ today. That's how amazing he is. Because why? Give a son, give him the name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Now, let's finish here in the next couple of minutes. If I'm finding these external weights, internal pressures leading to stress, how can I do that? I want to give you these five words. Number one, live godly. Joseph lived a godly life. If there's ever a day in your marriage, in your family, in this church, in your workplace, in your school, we need to live godly in life. Folks, there are people who are looking for role models. They're looking at politicians and sports stars and celebrities and the list goes on and on. But we need to serve as role models for the glory of God to people in life. Let them see Jesus living his life in and through you and me. Number two, value people. When you look at Mary's life, again, what was Joseph going to do? He put her needs before his own. He valued her in life. When you look at families coming up this Christmas... A little tension there. You value people before your own needs. It will help you deal with stress. If you'll live godly and you'll value people, your stress will go down in life. Joseph was obedient, but also he valued Mary, and that's how you and I should live life. Number three, pull back. What do I mean? Learn how to say no in your life. I mean, you don't have to say yes to everything this season. Learn how to say no. Somewhere you've got to be able to realize what fills you up, but what drains you in life. And as you figure that out, this fills me up, but this drains me, it's going to help you pull back and to say no to some things that you shouldn't say yes to. Uh, let me ask you this. We hear a lot in our day about time management. How do you manage your time? We all have 24-7. But, but uh, another word that we need to be talking about this season of the year especially is not simply time management, but energy management. How much energy do you have? Uh, two weeks ago, I was playing golf at Bay Hill in Orlando, Florida. I talked to you about that. Two days, I walked 18 holes, about nine miles each day. I mean, when I got to the back nine on the second day, my energy was just about gone. It wasn't about time management. I had plenty of time. It was energy management. I didn't have any energy left to hardly finish the round. Somewhere you got to think about time management, energy management. Pull back because many times we're stressed out because we may have time. We just don't have the energy. So we're trying to do too much. Pull back in life. Number four, develop strength. 
You need some accountability people in your life, people who are going to walk with you and help you balance life to say yes or no, or maybe you need to wait on this. But these are people who can help you manage the stress in your life. And then number five, practice disciplines. This is where you're going to say the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life matter to me. The book of, in Exodus chapter 31, the Bible says, after God created all this, he rested and he was refreshed. What about the spiritual disciplines in your life? Are you reading the word of God? Are you praying? Are you worshiping? Are you resting? Are you journaling? Are you fasting? How are you practicing the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life? Here's how your stress may go away today, that you would repent and you would say, God, when it comes to the spiritual life, I have not been practicing the spiritual disciplines and I need to repent of that and come back to you so that you will allow me to rest in you and put my trust in you. Maybe the wisest decision you'll make today to do that. Look at this last statement, then I'm going to pray. It's a prayer, actually. Lord, what are you saying to me through this message? Stressful times. Mary and Joseph handled external weights, internal pressures for the glory of God. What is the Lord saying to you through this message? I want us to bow our heads together and we're going to pray. We're going to sing another great Christmas carol as a response to the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the Lord saying to you through this message? I want to encourage you in the room and those who are watching. If you need to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ today, if that's what he's saying to you, I just encourage you, don't delay, don't procrastinate, don't, don't try to negotiate another Sunday with him. Just say, yes, Lord, I surrender my life, my heart, I turn from my sin, I trust you to be my Savior. We'd love to know that decision from you today. You need to be baptized as we witness early in the service. That's what the Lord's saying in your life. Say yes to him today. Come forward when we stand in just a moment and share that decision with us. And let us walk with you and see you follow Jesus in believer's baptism. You want to join the fellowship of this church, the Lord speaking into your life today as a single, as a couple, as a family. Say yes to him today. Walk down one of the aisles, come to one of our pastoral team, and say, we want to join the fellowship of this great church. God's calling you into ministry just as he called Joseph and Mary. Wonderful assignment of the Lord for these two. He's got a personal assignment for you. Say yes to his call in your life. Walk down one of the aisles. Again, we'd love to celebrate with you or whatever platform you're watching on, you can respond to us as well. We would love to walk with you ever how the Lord is speaking into your life. We're going to pray and then we're going to stand and sing. And I encourage you to obey the leadership of the Lord today. Let him give you peace, not stress. Let him change your life. Let him give you a brand new beginning. You give him the name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. So Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you for leaving heaven and coming to this earth. Thank you for your sinless life. Thank you for your sacrificial death. Thank you for your glorious resurrection. And thank you for your personal invitation to give our lives and our hearts to you today. And Father, this invitation is for your glory. And I pray people, as the Holy Spirit leads, will obey your leadership today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.